one, two, three. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being a good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. No matter what helps you feel whole, swimming, laughing, or finding peaceful moments in your day, Advent Health is here to support you with world-class expertise and whole-person care. Because feeling whole always begins at AdventHealth.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into another edition of the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Uh, I know that was a, a tough loss at home for you guys on Monday Night Football, but um, especially being without you know Carlton for another game, and then Jamel ended up being out for a pretty good chunk of the game to go against a team that you know was just in the Super Bowl and has a lot of weapons down your top two corners. What were the challenges of that for you as the defensive play caller, knowing that you were down those two guys in such an important game? Well, call-wise, we were okay. We knew we were down. We just had to get them on the ground. Those guys just got to wrap up. Can't let a five-yard pass go for 10, 15 yards. And I think we let about three or four of those out with the younger guys. Just got to get a better feel for that. But I thought they competed. At this point, do we have any update on Jamel and his health? Not at this point. I'm still waiting for him to uh, get results back and see how he feels. I know that uh, D. Delaney, though, when he did step in, um, he did get an interception, which, uh, I mean, man, it was uh, a great play and incredible to be able to get those feet in to, to stay in bounds on the one. Uh, what did you think of that interception and his play he made there? It was a heck of a catch. It gave us a chance, you know, uh, deep ball. He got his feet in bounds after jumping like that. D's been like that in training camp for us. He's been like that the past few years. He's a jack of all trades and he's a ball hawk. So when he's in there, you know, we're confident he can make a play. And Devin also was able to snag an interception, uh, the second of his career. Uh, tell us about that play and what he did so well there. He did a good job dropping off and zone dropping. I think it was a misread by the quarterback and the receiver, and he kind of threw it before the guy broke. Devin had eyes on it, and he made a great play. This is only the fifth time in 48 games that Hurts has thrown multiple interceptions. Is there anything for you guys to take positively from that, that for a guy that doesn't typically do this, you guys, I know how much you have emphasized turnovers takeaways this year uh was there anything about that that was uh encouraging to you well just getting turnovers we try to get minimum two per game we got two we got to get two more obviously it didn't help us win but to keep the turnover ratio up it's going to help us going forward and it seemed like Devin maybe would have been able to take in that all the way back but kind of had to pull up is he still struggling with that groin injury that held him out a little bit last week and just kind of where do you feel like his health is at going into this next week on a short week a little gimpy right now. We're going to get him healthy and get, we got a couple of days of treatment to get him ready for the game Sunday. And I know Devin's not going to miss with this one for the world if he can, and we're going to get him ready to play. In your mind, what were the biggest reasons that the team couldn't capitalize on the turnovers? Cause it felt like both of those interceptions kind of felt like those moments that could be the turning point, the momentum shift. And then it felt like it ended up being followed up by something that kind of shifted it right back. What did you feel was happening in those moments of why you guys weren't able to capitalize on them? I don't think we were successful on first down on either side of the ball. I don't think we were successful. We were getting second and long and third and longs and we couldn't capitalize early. Obviously they have a good team on both sides of the ball as well, but we got to do a better job getting positive yards on first down. Yeah, on the season, you guys now do have five interceptions tied for the second most in the NFL through three weeks and seven takeaways overall tied for the third most in the NFL. I know that again, last year, you talked about how that wasn't something you guys had done to the level you knew you could. What do you feel like is different so far after these three games to be able to be at those marks already? 
I think they know they can make plays and they're understanding the defense more so when they can gamble and make their plays. And I think that's helping out a lot with the communication. What do you feel like the defense was doing well early, especially, you know, there's a a big stop and, you know, turnover on downs in the first possession. There were a couple red zone stops. I know Hertz was 0 for 4 on red zone passes in the first two drives. So early on in the game to be able to put those kind of stops on a pretty prolific offense, what do you feel like you guys were doing really well early on? I thought they settled in. You know, we got a good fourth and one stop right there. I thought we were good in the red zone all day, but we kind of let them down there a little bit too much. As the game went on, I thought we wore down a little bit, and you know, and everybody started gambling a little bit and jumping gaps after the game. I thought it was worse than it was after the game than when I watched the film this morning. You know, when I watched the film this morning, there were correctable mistakes and some self-inflicted wounds. We know they're a good team without our mistakes, but with our mistakes, we made it even worse. Yeah, I know you guys limited them to one of five on red zone opportunities and uh, now your opponent red zone efficiency percentage is 33%, which is the third lowest mark in the NFL. What have you been most proud of your team on when it comes to red zone stops and, and red zone defense? Well, that was one of the things we harped on this year, trying to get better at. Obviously, third down was another one. We didn't do very well there this game or last game. So we got to get a lot better there. We got to com start combining everything and putting it together. But to stop people in the red zone from getting seven and making three points always gives our offense a chance. And I know Levante finished with a team high, 13 tackles, one for loss, a sack. Uh, what did you see from his performance and, and knowing he was taking on a pretty incredible offense in the way he stepped up there? Well, he was up for the challenge. They were all up for the challenge. We just got to play smarter as a group as we get to know each other going forward with a lot of the young guys and we start to gel. I think this will start benefiting us about halfway through the season. Yeah, and speaking of young guys, Zion McCollum having to face, you know, a guy like A.J. Brown, that's a pretty tall order to come in as a backup and do that. Uh, what did you see from how he was able to try to limit him and, and some of the performance he was able to make or where you hoped that he could make some growth before he has to go if he has to go again next week? Zion played well. Zion's playing like a regular starter, every down starter. I know he gave up the first pass on a shallow cross and tackled it. After that, he set in and he didn't give up much at all. He's very happy. He's very aware. He trusts his instinct and his athletic ability. And he's going to be a very good player. really like where he's at right now. Where are the biggest areas of growth you've seen compared to him last year? Because I know his position coach, um, you know, talked about how he felt like he could maybe be one of the most improved players on the whole roster from last year. Where are some of those areas that you see as, as to what would have made him say something like that? His mental growth. Coach Ross does a great job with him uh, preparation wise and he, understanding the game plan and when he can cheat and when he can't and what is where his eyes are going and looking at. I think his eyes are in the right place this year. Uh, they've done tons of film work to get those eyes right where they need to be. And I think I think he's he's grown exponentially to where he was last year to be a good player. I know Greg Gaines got a few hits on Hertz. This is a guy that we haven't necessarily talked a whole lot about so far this year, one of the new additions to the team. Uh, what has he brought in knowing that you have had a couple, you know, some injuries on the defensive line? And uh, what have you seen that he's been able to bring on the snaps that he gets in there? He's a quality guy. You don't miss much in terms of how solid he is when Vita goes out. Obviously, you don't get the bulk right there, but great. He has sneaky pass rush ability. He's very good with his hands. He's very good in small spaces, especially taking two guys on, and he hasn't hurt us at all. He's been a, he's been a big help since he's been here. I know DeAndre Swift has definitely come on for them lately, and we had talked about how we knew he was going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, what did you see from him and their run game overall in terms of why it was so hard to stop when you guys were one of the top run defenses going into the game? 
But they had a good job. They had two or three scheme runs that fit one of our defenses pretty good. Then I thought we missed some tackles. We missed way too many tackles and kind of got out of our gaps a little bit here and there. But he's a good player no matter what. They have a good offensive line. We got to do a better job of fitting up the run and covering for each other when somebody makes a mistake. And their short yardage game has now become something of lore that everybody talks about it. And it's so good that there were even people claiming that it should somehow be, you know, removed or whatever, that it wasn't fair. But um, what is it about those QB sneaks and the things that, that just is so hard to stop? I know you guys were able to stop it on the goal line on third down, which is, had to feel so good. And then they just run it again on fourth down and, and get a touchdown. What is so challenging about trying to defend that play? Well, it's hard because they're, you know, they got those interior linemen so low and they crab walk and they kind of take your legs out and you have a big athletic quarterback right there and then they're behind. So once you get the initial stop, there's still a push from the guys right behind them. And meanwhile, the, the linemen are still trying to crawl and get your legs out from under you. So it's kind of hard not to fall for a yard or a half a yard or whatever they got to go to. But we just got to try and get pushed and go back. I thought our guys... There were some close ones in there. Obviously, we didn't stop it enough, and we just had to do a better job, but it's a good scheme. And the Eagles were first in the league going into the game in terms of rushing yards allowed. Um, what did you take away from our run game, watching them go against the team that had come in as the top in the league, and, and I think we saw why? I think they had a rough go of it. I thought we could have hit some of those holes a little harder uh, going into it, but going forward, we, we got to do a better job of just blocking and standing on those guys and sustaining them. I thought we had some good blocks. I thought Gedeke played well and played very well as well. The two tackles kind of held up their own, but they were getting us behind the sticks. Some of the linebackers shot the gaps a little bit like they did when they got the safety. So we got to do a better job getting to the second level. And I know you just kind of talked about how you felt like the offensive line did with the run game. How did they do in pass protection in your mind? Again, Luke and Tristan played well. We can hold up a little bit more in the interior. I thought Filer did some good things. It was a different guy here and there, but, you know, they had two groups coming at you in waves, so you don't want three sacks. That was the most we've given up this year. We just got to do a better job there. And then have I know we had been so taking pride in the fact that the, you guys hadn't turned the ball over the first two weeks, and uh, then we ended up with the Baker interception and the Rashad fumble. Uh, what went wrong on, on those two different plays? I don't think Baker saw the guy if he was looking and he probably was thinking something else. I think the safety made a great play kind of from the blind side. Rashad's just got to tuck the ball on the second level. It's tough when you give up a turnover before the half. You have a chance to get a field goal and then you give them an opportunity to get some points. So that's not good before the half. And I know that uh, Rashad basically said after the game, he felt like he was trying to do too much. Um, where do you feel like Rashad is at in terms of the, you know, the mental side of the game, knowing when to make, certain decisions and certain plays and, and just kind of the maturity of where he's at now this second year. I think as a young runner, you got to be prepared going into a game like this uh, that you're not going to get those eight to 10 yard runs. Those, those two, three and four yard runs are going to be meaningful. So you got to hit it a lot quicker. I thought he was trying to do too much and make the big run as opposed to the run that was there. He just got to hit it up in the hole and take what they give him in certain games like this and just pound it out and ground it out. And we can get about four or five yards of carry and then, we can kind of loosen it up a little bit as opposed to hitting the holes, but that, that comes with experience and he'll be better at that. What did you see is what shifted offensively for the team on the scoring drive in the second quarter, you know, took off more than six minutes. It just felt like that was the first time in the game that really the offense was rolling down the field. And then same thing with the touchdown drive at the end of the game. What was the big difference in your mind of those drives as compared to the other ones that stalled out? 
I thought we took what they gave us. You know, we took what they gave us. They were giving us some short passes, so we took advantage of them. Kind of went down the field methodically and got touchdowns there. Uh, the other drives, I thought we stalled a little. Obviously, they stopped us on first down. We tried to run some things, and maybe we should have just thrown some more quick passes, but that's in hindsight and film sight. That's a good, a good job on their part, and we just have to do a better job executing on our part. And then how about uh, for Mike? He got some struggles early on, you know, missed a couple of plays. I think he expects himself to make, but then gets that touchdown in the fourth quarter, multiple nice catches on that drive, including a one-handed highlight real catch. Uh, what seemed to shift for him from early in the game to later on that helped him get going more? Well, he's a competitor. You know, Mike, he'll have a bad play. He'll come back and make three good ones. You know, he's going to fight till the uh, in his mind, he's supposed to catch every ball and you're supposed to as a great wide out uh, like he does. He made a heck of a catch there. He kept us alive. He got us afloat and he kept us in the game. Camarda, another 70 yard punt. I just can't believe how often I'm saying this about him. What has he come to mean to this team? And then even for you is making some of these different decisions on whether to go for it, whether to punt, how has he affected kind of some of your mindset with that? He's definitely a weapon. You know, we're not backed up. You know, pretty much when we punt from the 25 or a little bit less than that, he can get the ball to the other side of the field. And that, that's big for us. Obviously, instead of them getting great field position, he had the ability to pin, pin them back like it was a kickoff and we can get a chance to cover it. We just got to get down there and make the tackles. And then I know last week in your uh, one of your press meetings, you talked about the idea of the chemistry of the team and, and the vibes in the locker room and the leadership and how everyone is fitting together. What would you describe as to how you've kind of seen that manifest and how important that will be this week on a short week after kind of a tough loss, how you see the team being able to be move forward from this and, and what you hope to see from them? I mean, I think it's great. You know, after the loss, we owned what we did yesterday. We understand we made a lot of mistakes. We understand they had some good players and made some plays. We owned it. Nobody had their head down afterwards. We know we got to get back to work this week. It's a big division game. Something we'll learn from that will benefit from us. So everything was positive from a leadership standpoint from the guys in the locker room. So that's encouraging. Is it better in your mind to have a short week after a tough loss so that you can just put it behind you and move on? Or do you wish you could take a little bit more time to learn from it in terms of going back, looking at the film, trying to correct what just happened as compared to moving forward? The faster you can get to the next game, the quicker you can get that bad taste out your mouth. And now looking at this Saints game, uh, there's a chance it could look very different in some ways than you originally would have thought. Saw Derek Carr go down with an injury. We don't know uh, exactly who's going to be there. It sounds like they expect him to miss some time. So for you preparing the defense, a Derek Carr-led offense versus a Jameis-led offense, how much do you see that changing what they do, what they try to do, and, and how you guys might try to stop it? I don't think it changes much with the quarterback. I think it changes when Kamara comes back and he'll be the one coming back this week. Uh, they'll be a little more closer from the tailback position. So we got to prepare for that. Uh, just as probably more Taysom Hill runs are coming to play. I think they're using him a lot more this year as well. So all that will come into play. The quarterbacks with the system will probably be the same for us. And how about some of their other offensive weapons? I mean, we have we all know who Michael Thomas is after seeing him for years and years and him finally being back this year. And then also Chris Olave having such an incredible you know start to his career, Rashid Shahid. Tell me about those three guys and the challenges they each individually put on a defense. You know, so he can fly, you know, he can, he can run and stretch the field. He can reverses and jet sweeps and he keeps you on your toes. Olave can do it all. He's a very smooth route runner. He has a ton of speed. He's been making great one-handed catches the past couple of weeks. 
and with Michael Thomas back, the back shoulder fades and botting you out on the sidelines and the toughness is back. So they do a very good job spreading the ball around and using all their weapons. And what is it about Taysom Hill that kind of throws a wrench into things? How does that really, uh, how is that sort of unique compared to so many other teams in the role that he plays? Different because he, he can play quarterback and actually throw it, but he can also run it from the quarterback position. They're also using him as a halfback. So he's the only back in the backfield with the quarterback. So he runs the ball. They're using him at tight end. He lines up at wide receiver. So he does a lot of things with a lot of different personnel groupings. And, you know, they, they really keep you off balance that way and do a good job spreading them, moving him around. Dennis Allen, another guy that has become the head coach after leading the defense. And, uh, you know, we've seen that he has um, done a really great job with their defense and they've been a tough group to go against for a really long time. Uh, what have you seen from him as, as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator, you know, what he kind of asks of his team and, and what he brings out in them? Well, he's a great defensive coordinator for a long time. Obviously, he's carried one of the best defensive units in the league for a while now. But as a team, you can see the toughness on offense of how he demands them to run the ball and still get some big plays down the field and be more explosive as a defense, how solid they are up front led by Cam Jordan. But they got a lot of vets over there with DeMario and Tyron and all those guys and Lattimore that do a great job. And you can see them take on his personality. They're a very prideful unit and always it usually comes down to turnovers when we play these guys. And tell us about that defensive front. They have so many names everybody recognizes, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and other guys that are playing really well. What are the most challenging things, and, and how do they compare to the Eagles' defensive front, and, and how might that maybe prepare you guys a little bit, having just gone against them? Well, they're different. The, the Eagles probably more explosive getting off the ball from an athleticism standpoint. The Saints may be more stouter because they have a lot of thick guys that you're really not moving very much, and they play more sound football, and they got two linebackers that can blitz and cover with DeMario and Warner, and they got a veteran secondary that understands scheme real well, and they kind of force you into mistakes. So we got to be very sharp with the footballs and not turning it over to grind out some tough plays. And how about their defensive backs? Uh, what are the, the biggest things that you guys are going to have to be aware of with them? They're all ball hawks, number one. You know, they're all ball hawks. They can see that, especially the safeties. They can see the game very well. Uh, they got some long corners that play press coverage pretty good, and they're very good from a technique standpoint, getting their hands on you. So we're going to have to fight for every yard. And what is it like to have it be the fourth game of the season before taking on a division opponent? It feels like that's kind of rare. Is it helpful to feel like you have more games under your belt before one that matters essentially doubly um, to know who you guys are? I don't know if it matters or not, but anytime you play a division opponent, you know it's going to be a tough game because they know you better than everybody else because they play you twice a year. So we all know each other very well and we feel each other out pretty good. So it's always a tough game and the records aren't involved. The fact that we're both two and one makes it an early contest even tougher, but it's always a tough contest when we go down there and when they come here. And on this short week, uh, how does it change the schedule for you guys as coaches and uh, how you try to still get the game plan in with a day less. A lot more work. You stay a little longer as coaches and try to get the players the rest they need to get ready to play on Sunday and be fresh. It's good to get back in it without, when you don't have to think about a loss and trying to get a win the next week. So it's good to dive right back in it. Do you view it as more beneficial having that extra day before Monday night football or more damaging having one less day to prepare for the next week? Where Where does that kind of weigh in your mind? Always beneficial the night before and damaging the day after. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is both things. Well, Coach, thank you as always for spending some time with us here and good luck game planning for the Saints. Good luck against them. And we'll talk to you next week. 
You got it, Case. Coming up on Buccaneers Total Access, we'll have former Buccaneer Ali Marpet brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gun. And Pescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. First half of our show, we were joined by head coach Todd Bowles. And now I am so excited to be joined by Buccaneers legend, Ali Marpet. I know that uh, you started shaking your head immediately. I love getting to call you that now. The Buccaneers legend. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this legend. It's I don't know if I'll ever. We need to we'll find a new term um, other than legend, but for now, we'll use that as a placeholder. A placeholder. Okay, great. Well, it is a short week, which means uh, the coaches are incredibly busy game planning, and so normally we have a different assistant coach on each week, but this week we felt like they were very swamped in game planning and it was the perfect chance to have you on. And, uh, cause normally you and I are this season are going to be doing a show with a different player on the team each Monday, but because of Monday night football, we didn't have one this week. So we swapped things around a little bit. Um, but people will be able to hear you with me every Monday afternoon on here as well, which is great. Um, but we wanted to go ahead and start off by diving into a little bit of the game that just happened. And we'll talk about your thoughts on the, the team overall, this game, this season so far, um, first, I'd love to hear as a, as a former player, when you have a game like this, that is just a tough one, it's got a lot that's emotional about it, probably of it being the national spotlight and against a team that you really wanted to measure up against knowing how good the Eagles are. What is the feeling, the mindset now coming out of a loss like that and how you try to take things from it before moving on? Yeah, I think like you really do need to compartmentalize. That's something I've mentioned before. It's just the, such a week-to-week league. And if you carry, uh, you know, and I said you called it emotional loss with you, I think it just deters your confidence, right? It just kind of takes you off track. And I think you really need that short memory. So, um, yeah, I think that obviously uh, most guys are feeling uh, probably – uh, a little deflated after that, but really like it's such a week to week league, like anything can happen. And um, there are teams that are, are less talented uh, that end up, you know, winning all the time. It's just, it's just the nature of uh, the NFL, which just makes it so great, honestly. Um, but yeah, so a game like that, where you, you on a, on a national spotlight where you underperform uh it really, it's really about the short memory and and knowing and focusing on the next opponent. I know it sounds so cliche and so obvious, but it's really important for, uh, to to do for guys. Yeah, and how about this idea of the short week now, the impact it has? Tell us how big of a difference that makes on players when it comes to the schedule, when it comes to preparing for the next game, your body. One day can, I'm sure, to some people, not sound like a whole lot. Tell us the impact that that has. Yeah, I think for older guys physically, it has a, a larger impact than maybe some of the younger guys. So actually, you know, the Bucks being a somewhat younger team, maybe it's not as big of an impact. But um, you know, the Monday night games is, is, are really tough, especially away, right? So like the away team, especially if it's a West Coast game, like you're not getting into your bed around until like four in the morning, and then you need to get up uh, the next day and start the recovery process and a lot of the recovery physically the recovery process a lot of that involves like movement and the last thing you want to do after you know a monday night game on four hours of sleep or whatever it ends up being like is move your body 
And I think that it's, it's, it's absolutely pertinent. Like you have to do it. Um, but there are protocols in place in the short week. There's a, you really have to lean on your resources, your strength staff, the guys that know how to prepare your body. Uh, but the short week, definitely it's, it's, it's no fun. Yeah. I don't even want to move my body and I didn't even play football. So I can't even imagine whether it's travel. And then if that, if you're doing that, it's, it's, it's no fun. Um, we're talking to former Buccaneer, Ali Marpet. Um, so the Eagles, I mean, man, their entire interior, whether it be offensive line, defensive line, they just, their, their trenches work is pretty incredible. Um, I know let's, let's start with their defensive front, especially you being from the offensive side, um, in terms of their ability in particular to stop the run. I mean, tell me what you saw from them and, and how challenging that is when you know that you're trying to run the ball, you want to have a balanced attack and they're just doing such an incredible job of slowing it down. What, what did you see as to why they were being so effective out there? Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to address the, the, you want to run the ball part. I really do think that they're was uh, I think the announcers mentioned a couple of times the commitment to the run, which I, I know uh, for some people may seem silly, uh, but it's so important to have a balanced attack because if you get into that, you know, throw, throw, throw uh, mentality, it just it makes the job so much more difficult for everyone around you, right? This is the offensive line, especially um, when defensive lines can just pin their ears back. So the fact that there's still a commitment to the run, I think was actually essential and like and gave the guys an opportunity uh um towards the end of the game uh so that's one thing i want to hit on and then secondly yeah the eagles d-line is a really that's got to be one of the best better best fronts in football if not you know, right and i think that they have a great balance of old veteran talent and young guys that can complement each other and even like rotate in uh, they are really, really good. And um, they have sucked. They're so stout. Um, and I, <laughs> uh, it makes it difficult to, you know, run in, in between those guys. It's just, you can't get them off the spots. They hold their double, they can hold the double team longer. So they make their linebackers look better when you have good guys in from the from D tackle spot. So just a really talented group and a, a group that a lot of teams are going to struggle with. Yeah. And then on the flip side of things, of course, their run game, their offensive line was doing such an incredible job. And they've now also become known for all these QB sneaks and it's become kind of this national conversation. And I, I would love to hear as a former offensive lineman, your thoughts on the QB sneak and their what I the name for it that people are saying the tush push has absolutely cracked me up. Um I just absolutely kills me. And so that play and then the idea of uh what their front was also able to do on the run and how hard that is from our end of things to slow down. Yeah. So the, the QB sneak thing, I think is, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I was uh, there the one time that they tried to get away from it, right. The, the, the sort of the fake QB sneak, uh, not to give it away, but Jalen's got to adjust his, uh, his feet on that. Like you could tell he wasn't, he wasn't going to do the, whatever you called that, the, the, the QB sneak, but that um, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's extremely effective. I think there's, I'm trying to think of ways that would best like stop that. And I really don't have anything. I mean, I, I obviously nobody else does. Uh, then why is everybody not doing it? I guess that's, that's the question I have is what is the unique thing there? 
I think the strength is having a quarterback, right, that can at least generate some push, right? So you, you want a quarterback that can give you something. I do think that they do a nice job. The O-line does a nice job of, like, just submarining. They have some good size, too. Like, they have that going for them. Uh, they have a I, – I don't know. I mean, besides Jason in there, I mean, most of those guys are above average, um, which I think really helps. Uh, and then, yeah, there's just the rest of the run game. They're – they play at a high level. They're really doing a lot of really things, uh, good things. And I think they, again, they stuck with it. They're consistent. They do a nice job of saying inside and outside and mixing it up. The RPO stuff that the Eagles can do. There's a couple calls actually. The offensive line, both the Eagles and for uh, the Bucks, there were downfield on these RPO uh, plays. And I think that again, those are excellent changeups uh, that allow offensive line to sort of dictate the game a little bit. So what did you see and knowing what we've just talked about, about what the Eagles did really well, what were your takeaways of what that meant of now the Bucks have a couple wins over teams that now we know are combined. zero and six, then you face a team that, you know, is the defending NFC champs. Where do you kind of see if, if you were, especially on the team right now, where would you feel that you sit playing such different levels? It seems like of competition at this point. I'm so, I would be so uninterested in the measuring stick or like, I just think it's so important, like I was saying earlier, as far as the week-to-week mindset. I think it's such a fruitless game to play. All right, where are we? Like like power ranking yourself is such a waste of time and so unhelpful. Um, it's, a, it's a great question, but I think that for a player, it's uh, you're just on to the Saints and you you know that how important that game is. And I, as you you take what you can from this game, you learn the aspects uh, that you can carry with you. Uh, you also try and navigate, you know, n- you know, when there's injuries and stuff like that. You need to navigate who's going to step up and kind of schematically how that's going to play out. Uh, but yeah, it's such a week to week league. So to uh, the me- just don't measure yourself <laughs> like that. I, I don't think that you, that's very helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. For you, biggest takeaways from that game offensively, if, if imagining, especially if you're sitting in that meeting room, today and you know that they're going through film you know that they're trying to take away stuff before taking on the saints what are the biggest things offensively that stand out to you that you know they're talking about as far as their priorities against the saints or well, how they can the takeaways from the eagles game yeah anything that you feel like stood out that they learned from that yeah i think that uh i think the announcer said it actually and they did a really nice job i think when baker can kind of get out of the pocket and extend plays. Uh, you don't want to necessarily rely on that, but when you have the play action, the, the those rollouts and things like that, they can get them on the move. I think it makes it easier on the offensive line. I think it makes it uh, a kind of more dynamic as an offense, um, which I think is going to be pretty, uh, could, could be the box MO. Uh, it's something that they had done well in the first two games and, you know, mixing in those, those, um, uh, the play action, those rollouts could be really, uh, helpful, I think, for them. And just the the run game in general, you talked about how important it is to have that balance. Yeah. What do you see as the thing that is going to help them, especially just a little bit higher yards per carry to get get some momentum going? What are the things that stand out to you that you think they're going to need to be able to do? They did some things really well. There were a couple, they, and they went back to it. Uh, they're a little inconsistent at times. I saw there's some, you know, some polling uh part uh, you don't need to know the, the names of the plays but um no, we do this is why uh, we have you on come on give yeah, us all, all the details 
Yeah, just some balance between uh, getting guys out in space, so pulling uh, down, down and around stuff where your guys blocking down and guards and tackles around, where you have some full zone, outside zone, things that you can kind of capture an edge. And then uh, obviously the downhill stuff, right, which I think is something that the Bucks have leaned on in the past couple of years uh, and done have done well with. But I think sprinkled in with those other uh, change-ups, really will continue to help the Bucs. And I know that that's obviously something that they attempted to do against the Eagles. It's just It's just such a stout front. So it's tough. Um, tough. You really always want to attack a weak point, right, in, in the run game. So how it may be the D tackles can't, aren't that great lateral movers, or maybe they're a little bit lighter so you can get some down downhill movement, or maybe the linebackers have a deficiency, whatever that ends up being. And they didn't really have much deficiency. So it's hard to attack that. Um, with the Saints, I don't necessarily know where they're 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 at, they're at but hopefully the Bucks can find something. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with more on Buccaneers Total Access with Ali Marpet, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. I am joined by Buccaneers legend, alumni, former player, whatever term you would like to use, Ali Marpet, uh, fan favorite over the years. And of course, um, I can't bring you on here without talking about the O-line, which has been a position group that has been uh, much watched this year. Just crazy to realize that everyone is shuffled around, that you have Hainsey's the only guy in the same spot that he was starting at last year, and that was because of an injury, and so it's and still didn't expect it to be the thing necessarily this year. It's just crazy when they talk about this being a group that more than any other, consistency, communication, chemistry are so important. So what have you seen so far in the way the group as a whole has come together these first few weeks and with everyone at either new teams, new positions, things like that. Yeah. Um, so you, you prefaced it. I mean, there's a ton of uh, difficulty, right. When you have a new group and you're trying to establish communication, I think one thing that the Eagles did, uh, talk a little bit about the Eagles in the context of the box, but the Eagles did, uh, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of games, right. There's a lot of third down uh, situation where they will run these stunts, uh and um tts tes ets all these kind of uh complex <laughs> games which make it harder for an offensive line uh and i think that those are th- these are the types of things that are easier to pass off when you you can have a feel for how the other guys are playing around you so hopefully that level of play will continue to increase as they get reps together but yeah it's it's a difficult job i think a lot of those guys it was big question marks like how does uh Cody hang hold up as a right guard in the NFL how does Luke do when you kick him out to tackle and I don't know what people's expectations were but in my mind I think that those guys have uh, answered the call as far as what you'd expect them to do I mean Luke I think really has done a nice job out at tackle it's a difficult transition to make and he's gone against some really good players uh Tristan I feel like it gets glossed over uh, making that, that switch from right to left, but my gosh, like he's, he's kind of crushed that transition, which is not easy to do, but we're still worth acknowledging. Um, father has been uh, super consistent. In fact, it kind of surprised me that he's bounced around as much as he had considering how consistent he is. And Hainsey, gosh, was he, when is Hainsey a fourth, fourth round, third round pick? I don't, I, you'd have to, I, yeah. but like, 
when you talk about expectations of third, fourth round picks that that range, you don't expect them to play as well as they as Hainsey has. Honestly, I mean, sometimes they far exceed those expectations. But considering that, I think this group's done a really nice job. And um, that again, to your point, the consistency will only get better. Yeah, and it was a third round pick. Yeah, um, yeah and it's it's very true. Um, so looking at this also, you know, you have Dave Canales come in, new offensive coordinator. In addition to you have all these new offensive linemen here, there, and everywhere. Um, what are the challenges of factoring in a whole new offense as well? And then what are some of the things that you've seen of what his offense looks like, especially for the offensive line? What are the ways that it maybe sets them up for success? Or what can you tell? I know you're not in the meeting rooms here and all the, the minute details, but as you watch them, what does it seem like a Canales offense has meant to this offensive line? Yeah, so I'll I'll speak as a player having like being being in a system for a long time, you can really understand the details. Like um there are certain aiming points that running backs have, like they have they have to hit this, you know, spot, but you know with a certain front uh, you realistically it's going to be like a backside cup. This is the way the linebacker is going to play it. And those sort of subtle details you're able to pick up on uh, when you've had that consistent play calling. So again, that's another aspect that I think is is challenging for these guys. Um, but I, we mentioned earlier the sort of the commitment to the run and uh, the mixing into the play action and being a little bit more dynamic uh, helps the job, helps you out a lot more as an offensive lineman. Um, we talked about, being able to when defensive lines can play faster when they can pin their ears back and go it it's just it it's hard to evaluate any offensive lineman when they're in a situation where you're dropping back 40 times like there are very few offensive lines and offensive linemen that can consistently win that that's just not going to happen so when people have the expectation that they should hold up like it's just not realistic there are some that can but not week in week out and uh so uh i think we can out is done is understood that and understood that there needs to be a little bit more balance. And um, that's been a strength of, I think, the Bucks offense. We're talking to former Buccaneer lineman, Ali Marpet. Um, how about let's talk a little bit about the defensive side of things um, and what you've seen so far from this defense this season and watching how, you know, they've got seven turnovers through three games and um, even, you know, some struggles against the Eagles, but still, you know, held them to one of five in the red zone and, um, what are some of the things that have really stood out to you about what they've looked like this season? Uh, first off, I I just need to uh, tip my cap to Levante David because my goodness, is he like I've been I want to shout from the rooftop. I've been saying this since my rookie year. Like, how is this dude still doing it the way that he can? It's so impressive. He's a, he he and himself is like almost a. A, a game record it's just awesome and um the rest have played fantastic i think turnovers uh is this number one statistical category that dictates wins and losses so if they can keep those turnovers that means the world to that that bucks team uh you've had some injuries in the, in the secondary which is tough um when you have guys that aren't getting reps during practice and are asked to do complex things in, in Bulls scheme. I think it's it's a tough it's the tough job for them. Um and they have done a nice job. Some of those young guys have really up and I think exceeded expectations. Um uh but the defense has played I think uh, pretty well up until this point. 
Yeah. And how about, uh, you know, Vita, I know at least he, he was coming off a little bit of an injury this week, but the first couple of weeks he was playing just this massive amount of snaps um, still in there wrecking things. I mean, he was the sack leader for the team last year, which is not necessarily always what you want, but it's still incredible for him to be able to do that. Um, so what he's been able to do, especially from like a pass rush standpoint, and then now, you know, getting some things like the way that Shaq and Joe Tryanshanka, you know, put up some numbers last week as well. What have you seen about the pass rush and how you've seen it kind of evolve over these last few years? Yeah, I, I, gosh, I, so I don't know the percentage of snaps that Vita's got. That's another thing I don't think gets talked about as far as an appreciation. Like there are, I don't know how much he's weighing in at, but I don't know if there's anybody that, like even the big guys before him, the Haloti Nadas, the, the Vince Wilforks, those guys, I'm not sure they played the same percentage of snaps that Vita plays and also can do the things that Vita does. So if they were playing third down situations, they're not, I don't think, disrupting in the same way that Vita can. Um, so his game is just uh, super challenging to game plan for and gives a lot of guys problems. Uh, the rest of the pass rush has done a nice job. I, it's, it, I think another player who doesn't probably get enough credit, but I think it's a nice game. Uh, Greg Gaines, like when his numbers called from a pass rush standpoint, has stepped up, and it's not something you necessarily expect, which is I love. I think he's an incredibly underrated uh, pass rusher. Uh, played against him a couple times, obviously. Um, and those those edge guys are again are doing a good job, and I I know that uh, they'll continue to get better. Um, and that's a, a huge focus, but Shaq and Joe are doing a great job. And then Yaya too, right? I mean, this is a guy that, when was, when was Yaya drafted? Do you know off the top of your head? I mean, uh, I, yeah, I think he's our, uh, fifth round, sixth rounder, something like that. Fifth round. You talk about a fifth or sixth rounder that's able to come in and. Oh, just kidding. Third round. Third round. Okay. Thank you. Uh, sorry, but still talk about a third round rookie that's able to come in and make a uh, a splash and make a difference. I mean, he's going to show up. He continues to show up. And I think that he's uh, one or two steps away from making some serious plays. It's fun watching him too. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. We have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with Ali Marpet brought to you by Advent Health. We're going to get into the upcoming Saints game as well. So stick around for that. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues brought to you by Advent Health. We are back on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. I am joined by former Buccaneer Ali Marpet. Um, let's talk a little bit about this upcoming Saints game. Uh, first of all, just tell me what it is like to go play at at New Orleans in that uh, lovely dome of theirs and uh, the challenges that will be awaiting the Bucks offense, both from a playing at that dome standpoint and then what a Dennis Allen led defense looks like. Yeah. So always a ton of energy there. Um, it doesn't really even matter how the team's doing. There's just always like a ton of energy and a ton of volume, which makes it extremely difficult to communicate something we've talked about. And obviously I'm sure the box will be, you'll hear it all week. They'll have the crowd noise pumped in and all that stuff to work on the communication. Um, so that's one piece that makes it really challenging. And you feel that when you're there, when you're, when you're um, in the stadium uh, pregame, you can feel that energy kind of, uh, I think invigorates a lot of guys and uh, uh, it's definitely a fun place to play. Uh, it's also nice that it's kind of a quick trip to a quick, quick plane ride. You know, you don't, you're not a uh, super you know, jet lagged, only the one hour time change. Those kinds of things are nice. Um, and then as far as Dennis Allen defense, yeah, they, they, I mean, gosh, they always kind of 
are able to figure out things schematically that present new challenges, which is tough to do in the NFL uh, week in, week out. And uh, um, we'll see how the Bucs play, but I think that they'll definitely have one or two blitzes that, you know, you haven't seen coverages that you haven't seen or variations that are just going to have to be uh, figured out uh, on the fly at have to make those adjustments. And now we know that there's a high chance, it seems, that they'll be playing against Jameis, that it's that no official announcement's been made, but they've said it seems like Carr's going to miss some time. Um, so tell me what that is like even for these guys, especially who some of the ones that played with him and you're going against a guy you used to play with and you're familiar with him to the point where maybe you have an advantage. What What is that like? Yeah, I think for the guys that have played against him, played with him or played against him, I think it's exciting. exciting. Like you just want to uh uh the competitor in you wants to again step up or play at a higher level i know and i know he does too right that's the same problem i know james i know his mentality and i know he, he, he's competitive as all, all, all and then so the same with the guys in the box so again those sort of emotions and stuff will definitely uh be relevant eventually you'll find the rhythm of the game and that'll all cool off but for the first couple snaps you'll definitely have some of that uh i as a fan i i'm not conflicted but i'm i'm a huge <laughs> uh james fan so um i'll obviously want the box to to win and and do what they need to do but uh i hope that james can make the most of his opportunities when he when he when he gets those and uh i know that we uh we wanted to close out a little bit here and what your retirement is like for everybody. They people have been dying to know what is what is Ali Marpet up to, just living his best life. Uh so tell me what uh what you are spending your non-football time doing these days. So uh this just the so ton of travel. This year I've made sure like I wasn't able to travel so much when I was playing. Uh I was always working out and didn't feel like I could get away. Uh, since then I have this just this year my my fiance and I were just talking we did so uh, we Thailand I did uh, India with my dad I did uh, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro I went we went to Spain we did a road trip in Spain we did London we did Paris uh, I feel like I'm probably for Jamaica we're probably forgetting stuff but so did some and some traveling just that's this year and since then I'm in school full-time uh, to get a doctorate in psychology to become a psychologist so that's the long-term plan. Uh, so I'm, and that's in Tampa. So I'm around. I can't wait to be doing this with you and talking Bucks football. That's fun for me. Um, but that's what the most recent year has been like for me. That's incredible. So tell us, uh, what is the plan with your doctorate um, in psychology? What do you want to do with that? Yeah, I'm still not. So I'm still navigating my professional interest. Uh, I do think that working with players, I think is interesting to me uh, for obvious reasons, my experience there. Uh Still, so I'll, I'll I'll figure out what that looks like. I've got a long way to go. There's five years of school, so I have a lot a long time to nail it down. Uh, but um, it's definitely exciting for me uh, figuring out a way that I can sort of be a service, hopefully, to players and and people, and uh, give back in in that way. Yeah, and I'm sure you are familiar with, in particular, you know, the unique challenge of retiring from the NFL and everyone eventually retires, whether on their terms or not. And you are one of the people who got to do it on your terms when uh, in a lot of ways you were still at your peak, could have continued to play at an incredibly high level. What have you seen as the biggest challenges of that, the the pros and cons for you of the, the good gifts that brought you in your life? And then also the things that I'm sure were challenging in making that decision. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, 
it's I think it's tough for a lot of athletes. And this is only a conversation we've had, uh, I think, quite a lot. And it's actually not just athletes. It's anyone that has such a uh, identity to their career or something that's tied to, you know, a passion of theirs, whatever it is. And when that's no longer there, it's hard uh, finding footing. And I think uh, you see it, uh, um, another population would be military veterans, right? So uh, obviously I'm not comparing the things that we go through, but it, from an identity standpoint, uh, when you don't have the thing that you've had such clarity on, I think it's difficult for a lot of people. And that's definitely an area of professional interest of mine. <laughs> uh, again, I've yet to narrow in how I'll, I'll navigate that. But yeah, it's tough for athletes. And um, uh, it's not sort of, I'm not trying to, you know, woe is me. It's just something to navigate and it's something to figure out. And uh, one thing that I found for myself is drawing on the things that were important to me as an athlete, right? So my strengths as an athlete, how do I take those with me? And for those who are retiring, those who are, you know, uh, if they're around 65 or are moving on from the workforce, uh, finding those things that were important to you or what those strengths that you had and being able to draw on those and then you're sort of next in your next endeavor. Um, and that's what I've found for myself. And then I'm also interested in the, the lives and the, the experiences of, of active athletes too, because it's extremely stressful and it's extremely, uh, uh, ripe for, um, you know, uh, figuring out how to best navigate it. So one thing you miss and one thing you don't miss about being an NFL player. So miss is Monday. Well, it would be Tuesday morning. Uh, but gosh, you walk, waking out of walking out of bed, like a freaking stiff zombie. So that's, that's no fun. Uh, though what I do miss and this is you. I'm sure you ask 90, 100 guys, 99 will say the locker room, right? So it's so rare that you have uh, guys that are so you know mission like folks. Everyone's got the same uh, goal in mind, and that unif that that's so unifying. Um, and you kind of put away all the other personal stuff that gets in the way of that, and that's so rare, I think, to have and. The locker rooms, one of the very few <laughs> environments where you can have that. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Uh, we got about 30-ish seconds here. Uh, top thing you want to see the Bucks do against the Saints. What do you think is sort of the most important thing that you want to see them do? Gosh, I would love win. <laughs> yeah. I, so it was win. Um, I'd love them to, to, uh, I'd love to see so they can, the young guys can, the young guys continue to step up and exceed expectations. Um, and I'd love to see again, that, that balanced offense like we talked about. All right. Well, thank you so much, Allie, for joining us. Excited to do the player show with you all season long. We appreciate it. And thanks to all of you guys for joining us this week on Buccaneers total access brought to you by Advent health. This is Buccaneers radio.